The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes there's no time like the present to learn about the past. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're looking at an incident that brought new meaning to the term political infighting. As a warning, today's episode contains descriptions of physical violence that some listeners may find disturbing. The day was May 22, 1856. Congressman Preston Brooks attacked Senator Charles Sumner with a metal-tipped cane. The brutal beating was in response to a speech Sumner had given several days earlier, in which he argued against the expansion of slavery and insulted several pro-slavery senators. Sumner barely survived the attack and was absent from the Senate for three years while he recuperated. The shocking incident highlighted the growing animosity between the North and the South, pointing the way to the Civil War, which would erupt just five years later. On May 19th, Massachusetts Senator Charles Sumner began a fiery two-day speech on the Senate floor. His main topic was the controversial issue of whether the Kansas Territory should be admitted to the Union as a slave state or a free state. The Kansas-Nebraska Act of 1854 had sought to resolve that issue by establishing popular sovereignty as the law of the land. That basically meant the people who lived in a given territory had the right to vote on whether to legalize or to outlaw slavery. In practice, the policy created more problems than it solved, as proponents of slavery began swarming into the territory in an effort to tip the vote. This inevitably brought them into conflict with Kansas abolitionists, resulting in a series of violent encounters known as Bleeding Kansas. Senator Sumner denounced popular sovereignty in his speech, 
referring to it as a, quote, crime against Kansas, which was compelling it to the hateful embrace of slavery. The Republican senator then called out two of his Democratic colleagues for enabling this crime. The first was Stephen Douglas of Illinois, whom Sumner described as, quote, the squire of slavery, ready to do its humiliating offices, a noisome, squat, and nameless animal, not a proper model for an American senator. Then, Sumner directed his ire at Andrew Butler of South Carolina, a self-styled Southern gentleman who claimed to live by a strict code of chivalry. Butler wasn't present in the Senate chamber that day due to his failing health, but Sumner took aim at him all the same, impugning his character by suggesting he had taken slavery as his mistress. Listening from the back of the room, Stephen Douglas reportedly said, quote, That damned fool will get himself killed by some other damned fool. A prediction that was very nearly proven correct just a couple days later. Because while Senator Butler hadn't heard what was said about him, his cousin, Congressman Preston Brooks, had hung on every word. Brooks was a representative of South Carolina and didn't appreciate Sumner's degradation of his home state or his relative. Brooks was notoriously hot-headed and had a history of violence. In fact, the reason he walked with a cane was because he'd been shot in the hip 16 years earlier during a duel with a future Texas senator. Brooks considered challenging Sumner to a duel as well, but later decided the senator didn't deserve the chance to defend himself because he'd insulted Butler behind his back and proved that he was no gentleman. In the end, Brooks chose a less dignified form of retaliation. He cornered Sumner on the Senate floor and caned him like a dog. On the afternoon of May 22nd, shortly after the Senate had adjourned for the day, Congressman Brooks entered the mostly empty chamber with his wooden cane in hand. He was accompanied by Lawrence Keat, a fellow South Carolina representative who stood at the door with a loaded pistol in case anyone tried to intervene. Sumner was sitting at his desk, stamping copies of his crime against Kansas speech. The next thing he knew, Brooks was ranting about Southern honor and beating him over the head with a cane. Sumner tried to get away, but his legs were pinned by his heavy desk, which was bolted to the floor. He eventually managed to slip free and began staggering toward the exit, half-blinded by his own blood. Halfway up the aisle, he collapsed unconscious, but still Brooks didn't let up. He continued pummeling Sumner with the gold tip of his cane, striking him so hard that the cane finally snapped over his head. Satisfied at last, Brooks quietly left the chamber as other congressmen rushed to Sumner's aid. Disoriented and bleeding badly, he was carried into a capital anteroom where he was examined by a doctor and given several stitches to close his head wounds. The savage beating had lasted maybe a minute total, but the fallout from it lasted years. Right away, members of the Southern press began lionizing Preston Brooks. Papers like the Richmond Whig expressed their support, saying, quote, We are rejoiced. The only regret we feel is that Mr. Brooks did not employ a slave whip instead of a stick. And speaking of sticks, Brooks' admirers sent him dozens of replacement canes for the one he had broken over Sumner's head, some of which were even presented to Brooks in person at banquets held in his honor. 
Meanwhile, up north, the press lamented the fallen state of what was supposed to be the world's greatest deliberative body. In a tongue-in-cheek editorial, the New York Times even suggested that a champion bare-knuckles boxer should be sent to Congress on the North's behalf now that Southern representatives had resorted to physical violence. In terms of punishment, Brooks was fined $300 for assault by a Baltimore district court, and angry House members called for his and Keats' expulsion. A vote was held, but it failed to garner the two-thirds majority needed to dismiss him, though Keat was formally censured for brandishing a loaded gun. Nonetheless, the two men were so outraged by the attempt to hold them accountable that they actually resigned following the vote. In the end, it was a hollow gesture, as South Carolina voters held a special election to fill their seats that fall and immediately voted them both back in. However, there was one last twist to the story. Less than two months after reclaiming his seat, Preston Brooks died of respiratory infection at the age of 37. As for Sumner, it took him three years to fully recover from his injuries, and even then, he suffered chronic pain for the rest of his life. During his absence from the Senate, his desk was left empty as a reminder of Brooks' shameful attack. Others in the Republican Party showed support for their colleague by distributing nearly a million copies of his Crime Against Kansas speech. Sumner returned to the Senate in 1859 and continued to serve for another 15 years, right up until his death in 1874. His fellow Republicans advised him to tone down his rhetoric after returning to the Senate, but Sumner refused, saying, quote, When crime and criminals are thrust before us, they are to be met by all the energies that God has given us, by argument, scorn, sarcasm, and denunciation. True to his word, Sumner delivered his first speech following his return on June 4, 1860. It was titled The Barbarism of Slavery, and it was just as fiery as the one he'd given four years earlier. Say, sir, in your madness, he wrote, that you own the sun, the stars, the moon, but do not say that you own a man endowed with a soul that shall live immortal when sun and moon and stars have passed away. Sumner was once again criticized and threatened for his condemnation of slavery, but thankfully, no one else resorted to violence to shut him up. The caning of Charles Sumner symbolized the breakdown of reasoned discourse between the North and the South. The sectional battle lines had been drawn, setting the nation on a hopeless path toward full-scale civil war. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, feel free to pass it along directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 